Hi, everybody. This is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 81. It's now been 35 weeks exactly since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And I'm coming to you now from a beautiful morning on the next to top Zen spot on my favorite hiking trail on the mountain. And it is absolutely gorgeous. Not very windy, lots of birds out. And this time of year where I'm sitting, the mountain itself is providing me with some comfortable shade, which is a big relief after how whopping hot it was yesterday. I'm very glad to be sitting here talking to you in a comfortable temperature. And today I've got loads to tell you, lots to talk about. First, as always, we're going to listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward. And hopefully doing that will give me the courage to admit to you all what I need to let go of today, because boy, do I know what it is. And before I do that, I want to give a special shout out and hi to Janet. Hi, Janet. But after I tell you what I let go of, which will include a few Facebook comments from Sue from the UK and Brave Companion Jackie, there will be a few brief announcements and welcomes to new brave companion June and Amy from Australia, followed by a wonderful musical Foolish Fun Saga starring the wonderful Suze and Ma. It has it all. Bravery, awesomeness, trying new things, gifts from the heart. I can't wait for you to hear it. Then we're going to hear why longtime listener and supporter Jenny steps onto the bravery report by sharing some of her brave story. Then we'll wrap up today with our featured comments that people sent me when they were supporting me. Remember last time I was all freaked out about my class or actually my support group that is going to start tomorrow at the YMCA. And I was freaking out scared. And so a lot of brave companions stepped up to the plate and posted me some support, but it takes some awesome turns into their own bravery reports. And I can't wait to share these feature comments with you that were posted on day 80. So stay tuned. Josh, help me let go of something today. But I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a silent wind that never Thank you, Josh. That really does help me to let go of all this nonsense that circles around in my head. And brave companions, the thing that will help me the most these days, the thing that I think will let me progress in my life, not just with my food issues, but with my life issues, if I can let go of the inappropriate amount of devastation I feel, from small to moderate failures. That's right, you know, we talked a lot about fear of failure and perfectionism, but we haven't really talked a lot about what's under that feeling of fear. Like, what are we fearing of? You know, well, if you fail, okay, you fail, but what is it really? 
that's scaring you. Now, if you jump out of a plane and you pull your parachute and you pull the backup parachute and it fails, now there's a reason to feel devastated and upset because there's no plan C for that one, you know. Chances are not too good that you're gonna come out of that one at all. But let's say you ask a friend for coffee and they say, I'm busy that day. Okay, that could be a social failure, but that's not really the same thing, right? And I think part of my own trouble, and maybe you relate to it, is that inside my tender heart, I sometimes take these failures, you know, with all the same loud paintbrush, you know, everything's black, everything's awful. It's also called all or nothing thinking. But like, let me examine this. As you know, if you've been listening to the show, or as you're going to find out now, if this is the first time you're listening to the show, I've been taking voice acting classes because this was a secret dream of mine to give it a try to see how it goes. And until last class on Saturday, class five, I was doing pretty good. You know, there were some good things, bad things, but overall decent. I didn't feel bad about my progress. I felt like, well, I've got a lot to learn, but you know, I'm going there. So I felt okay and pretty even keel and nothing was phasing me too much. But then came this week, week five, character voice week. And that's where you're supposed to be able to develop, you know, your own characters that aren't your voice right? Not your own voice, some other voice. Picture Homer Simpson or Mickey Mouse or Donald Duck or Daffy the Pig or Daffy the Pig, <laughs> Daffy Duck or any other cartoon character or even if you're listening on the radio and you hear like a tar- talking spark plug or something, they're going to have a different voice. And I practiced We always get these monologues and dialogues sent to us every Wednesday and I got them and I practiced them and I went through them and I marked them up and I gave it my best to come up with voices for these characters and except for one dialogue, I really sucked. I mean, I sucked. I record myself just like I do for you right here, right? So I can hear it and I I can tell. I have a pretty good ear for suck and I was sucking. I was sucking so bad that even Mark, who wants nothing to do with any of this, absolutely wants nothing to do with it, was trying to help me out and actually did help me out with my acting. So I prepared this monologue which had to be kind of an Eastern Bloc accent of a lady who's kind of mean and making fun of a person who was who got in a car accident by backing into her and she was actually a pole in a parking garage, okay? So I was, I was practicing that and I had my beats and I knew where I was going to have this inflection. Didn't have the best accent, I will admit. Really not good, <laughs> but I had my acting sorted down. At least I knew what I was going to do, and I felt comfortable that, as I put it, I was going to swing the bat hard and fall on my face if I fell on my face, but I felt prepared to go to bat. Okay? Well, before class, the teacher always asks us, do you have any question about what you're doing? And this particular monologue began with a laugh, and I found it very hard to go from a laugh into this accent and I said do you have any tips on how to control your breathing coming from a laugh into a line of dialogue and so he asked me a little bit more and he said you know what Lori if you can't do the accent don't do it and I said well can't I just do it anyway and he said no don't do it don't do it at all well there I am stuck right because the thing that I have prepared to do to give it my best shot to swing for the the rafters to really hit it with the bat I was told not to do, and instead I had to do a monologue that I had not prepared rather than reading it through a couple of times, 
And when I had read it through myself, the way I envisioned it was a little bit of a, a deeper voice. But what the director told me he wanted was a higher voice. Well, my first, my first go round through this, I did way high. Now, I'm a singing soprano, and so when I heard high, I went up way high, <laughs> I mean, way high. And it was so high that I did this whole 30-second spot or 23-second spot and basically hurt the ears of all my classmates because you can't listen to such a high tone for that long. But rather than stopping me after the first sentence, they let me go all the way through. So then I had to sit through that critique. Well, if you're a perfectionist like me, you can just imagine how fun that was to sit there hearing how awful your voice is and how bad your choices were and how it was physically hurting your classmates. So let me step back for a moment and give you some comments I'd gotten on Facebook when I had shared before going to this class how scared I was of it. This was my status on Saturday. Voice acting. It's character day today and I'm a bit nervous. As I told Mark, I'm combating perfectionism by practicing enough to feel I have a decent swing of bat even if I miss the ball. I've been having much allergy issues and even in singing practice I'm down several notes. But life goes on and I need to remind myself this is all fun. I can get in my head and torture myself with doubt if I don't watch out. Off to soak off to soak in the tub for the steam to run my lines. And here's where Sue from the UK encouraged me with this good thought. Hope it goes well for you. I've been hearing a lot recently how it is much more stretching to try something that requires a struggle and persistence than to stay within the comfort zone of the easy and familiar. And Jackie, a brave companion, who I think this might be one of the first times I've heard from you, Jackie. Anyway, Jackie posted encouragement too. Lori, you are going to be amazing. Have faith in yourself. We all do. Well then, my class went as I've described. And I think I'll go a little bit further because I'm hearing this critique of the first take while I'm locked in the sound booth. <laughs> so I can't go anywhere. I can't hide. I can't even talk back because in the sound booth, when the director's talking to you, they can't hear you if you say anything. So all you can do, and I guess this is good practice for not making excuses, right? All you can do is sit in that sound booth and hear them tell you all that was wrong and ask you to do what was right. So then comes take two and take three, and I'm doing my very best, but I basically had, like, one, I had no voice. None of my voices were good for this character, and that freaked me out so much that by the time I got into it, I really only had some good voice inflection or acting or anything going on, maybe in one sentence out of ten. <laughs> so it was really pretty poor. That's why I'm not going to treat you all with this one. <laughs> not really for my ego, but I don't want to hurt your ears listening in the earbuds with this particular character. It was pretty devastating. But my reply to Sue after the class was, Boy, I'm stretching today. It was a brutal lesson, but I'm glad because I'd rather hear the truth than live in a dream world most days. Basically, at this moment in time, I suck at character voice, but I'm really great at narration, which is a little surprising that I've lost my character ability, but it's another thing I'm just going to have to fight to get back. So I guess UBCs will be getting a little character work for me in future so I can practice. And then Sue encouraged me again, bless her. You are a brave fighter and you will get there. Three cheers for the narration bit. I look forward to hearing the character work in the podcast. So brave companions, 
I guess my takeaways from this experience are it's good that I admitted I was afraid and that I got some help both from Mark and from people on Facebook. But I think I also freaked myself out. I think I put into my mind, I cannot do this. And I know in my past acting life, I could do this. I used to make up character voices all the time as a little girl. And these days, it is really hard. And I don't mean like making a good one. I mean making any voice that is not my voice is really hard. And I thought, what the heck? What is up with that? That's just ridiculous. Anybody can like take your little kid's teddy bear or pick up something and pretend it's talking and you will naturally make a voice other than your own. I got to thinking about it and remember I was in a bike accident that significantly changed the shape of my mouth and also made my whole upper area of my lip from my nose to my cheeks completely numb, just like you've been to the dentist and had Novocaine. And that was one reason why I developed a speech impediment following my bicycle accident. And so one reason that I've been podcasting is to practice getting my voice back. Lori, the Lori that you guys hear, you know, sometimes my voice cracks but I laugh, I talk, I breathe. Sometimes it's high, sometimes it's low, but I'm not thinking about it. I am being myself, Lori. And it took me maybe a year to get where I could speak. And it sounded pretty much like I used to speak before. Well, I think I might have muscle memory issues going on too, besides lack of self-confidence. I have trained my brain and trained my mouth to sound like me. My mouth and my brain are not used to sounding like some other character yet. But it's interesting, as we've been going along, I've been asking Mark, help me make a character voice, any character voice. And I've been doing as the teacher suggested. And when I hear someone talk, like in the grocery store, I'll run out to the car and practice saying, you know, a word or two in their kind of a voice. And I really wasn't having much success. And then yesterday, coming back, we saw Jersey Boys down at the Pantages Theater. And that was really fun. And we were kind of laughing about my lack of vocal ability in making characters when I start thinking of Glinda the witch. And he said, well, talk like Glinda. And for one moment, I talk like Glinda because I didn't think about it. And then I tried to replicate it so that I could feel in my body where Glinda was. And I sort of got halfway there. So that tells me that it is possible for my brain and body to create a voice that is not my own, but I've got some psychological and physical things to overcome for me to get there. But coming back to what I need to let go of is I felt so devastated following that brutal lesson. It was so hard for me, despite the fact that the second half of the lesson is where we do dialogues, which is where you're doing it with other voice actors. And in the dialogue, I had a bit of a character that I did quite well, but that was just three lines interspersed with announcer, and I did supremely well on my announcer part. Did really well, got lots of praise. But did I go home in my car thinking to myself, wow, that's really cool, you know, I, I hit all of the direction in that announcer, and they were pleased with what I added to it, and they also liked my character when it was my turn to do that. Did I think about that? No. 
all I could hear or feel in my body were the endlessly long, endless moments where I felt like a moth pinned to the board with the spotlight on me, hearing every single thing that was bad with that monologue. And all of it was bad. I mean, all of it. There was no hope except for the dreaded, I like your energy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> That was about it. <laughs> I like your energy, which means at least words came out of your mouth. And I did give it a go. But there was nothing in the tone, nothing in the delivery, nothing, nothing at all. And you might be thinking, brave companion, why did that son of a gun teacher let you do the first one? That was actually a very good lesson. Because this kind of voice class is not just for fun. Well, it is for fun. But it's to see, do you have what it takes to eventually be able to record a demo reel and audition for jobs, real jobs. Do you have what it takes? And the lesson is, if your accent isn't natural or it isn't great, don't audition because there are thousands and thousands and thousands of actors and voice actors in the LA area and all over the world who have home studios who can do it better than you. You should not waste your time or their time by doing something that you know you're not great at. Now that kind of goes against our perfectionism thing, right? Aren't I supposed to be able to fail? Yes, in class, I guess it's okay to fail to find out that or with your coach or with your own feeling, you know, give it a try and listen. But in the real acting world, you don't do less than your best. And if you don't think you can do your absolute best, you don't do that one. Because for sure, you're not going to get picked if you're mediocre. You're not. Not unless you're already super, super famous voice for doing something else. Okay, but that means you already have been great at something. You're already a celebrity and you've already done something else. And even then, if you're too mediocre, they're going to find someone who can imitate your voice and redo it for you. So, you know, that was a good lesson. I could not do the voice of that lady. I should not have even tried. I should have picked another one where I felt I could do a voice, not have tried an accent that I'm not good at. So while it was a harsh experience, I am never, ever, ever going to forget it. And I'm not going to let it stop me. I felt probably as devastated as you could be from a class situation. Kind of like if you totally messed up public speaking or in the meeting in your business or <laughs> you flubbed up your lines in the high school play or I don't know, think of some terribly embarrassing situation. And that was for me about as bad as that level of situation can be. And in the past, for sure, that awful feeling of devastation would have made me say, that's it, I've proven it, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, I'm done with this, I don't want to feel this ever again. And it might have come out through me eating ice cream. Ice cream is my comfort food. So I might not have said to myself in my head all these words I just shared with you, but I sure might have been stuffing them down with my ice cream to cover up that devastating pain. But from my original point, while that was not fun or pleasant, is that devastating like when I found out my uncle died? Is that devastating like if something really bad happened to someone I love? No, that was an uncomfortable moment in time that's now over and I've learned from. 
So those emotional remnants of embarrassment and devastation that I kind of was hitting myself over the head with on and on was not appropriate. I talked a few episodes ago about wearing shorts in an appropriate venue when it's hot and you're going to the beach. I got over my fear of that. This was an this was an appropriate feeling of discomfort because I was learning a lesson from failure. Failure lessons don't feel good at all, but they tend to teach you the most. So brave companions, I'm going to wrap this one up and then we'll get on to our announcements. Okay, announcement and thank yous. First off, thanks to the financial support of the Coffee Clatchers. Those are the brave companions who support the show financially by clicking the Buy Coffee button or the subscription menu on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. I have a brand new system that emails me automatically new iTunes reviews from around the whole world once a month. And this month, there were two new ones. And the first one got me all excited because it was from Sophia from Sweden. And I think this might be my first Swedish review, Sophia, so thank you. And she says, a great podcast on overcoming an eating disorder. Great. And the next one that I got was by Courtney on the USA version of iTunes. And her title was, I Thought I Was Alone. Then she says, until I stumbled upon Lori's podcast, when listening, I feel like I'm hiking up the mountain with her, chatting about life, nature, and our shared issue. The refreshingly honest way in which Lori talks through her thoughts, fears, and insights makes this listener frequently blurt out, yes, yes, I feel that way too. Her authenticity and beauty make this a stellar listen. You're the bravest of us all, Lori. Keep walking up the mountain. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for that review. And it was really a cool one to read. It says, today I did walk up the mountain. And as you heard from my letting go segment, I could really use some positive feelings about my voice and how I talk today. So I'm super happy that you took the time to write this message. And as always, those iTunes reviews are really important because the more five-star ratings and the more reviews that are on iTunes, the higher up in search results this show comes. So the more ratings and reviews, the more brave companions can find us easily. So thanks again. Then I wanted to send a special thank you to brave companion Suze, who let me know that she used my Amazon link to buy many of the books we talk about here on Compulsive Overeating Diary and some new ones I'm interested to hear about. You know, I think, Suze, you will especially love Eating in the Light of the Moon. That book is amazing in how it relates mythology and fables from around the world to women, how we see ourselves, and how to release some of our issues and fear with food. And if you, like Suze, will do your Amazon shopping by coming first to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash Amazon and clicking, through my, and clicking through from my link there, you will be supporting the show financially and it won't cost you anything more than if you went to Amazon directly. And I'm set up with links to Amazon for the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. So thanks again, Suze. And my last announcement for today is that my live support group at the Crescenta Kenyatta YMCA starts tomorrow. 
Well, if you're listening to this on October 6th, <laughs> it starts tomorrow, October 7th, and go to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash YMCA for details. If you live in the Los Angeles area and this is after October 7th, go there anyway, because if the support group is ongoing, the details for it will remain on this page, compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash YMCA. And that wraps it up for announcements. time to welcome some new brave companion. First up is June, and June posted the unique way she found us on day 80. Wow, I was surfing podcasts on the natural news and came across yours. You hit the struggle right on the head. I am feeling your struggles and enjoying your triumphs. Keep up the great work. Your pods are so real. It's like having you in really real life, talking to me in my living room. Thank you for bearing your soul to us. Keep the faith, June. And I said to her, Thank you so much, June, for stopping by and letting me know. I've never had a Brave Companion mention before that they found the show on Natural News. That's pretty cool. I'm glad you like listening to my rambles. It is all pretty much as I feel that particular day on that particular moment. But even I learned something when I listen back to the recordings, as I often don't remember exactly what I said. I look forward to hearing more of what you think and feel, so feel free to stop by and post here anytime. Take care. Great meeting you, Lori. Then my next welcome is to Amy from Australia, right? We have Amy from Ohio, Amy from Wisconsin, and now we have Amy from Australia. And she first said hello to me via the contact form on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com. Hi, Lori. I stumbled across your podcast about a week ago, and I have been listening while I go for my walks. I am up to day nine, and I am really enjoying listening to you, and my eating binging behavior is so similar. Just substitute chips with ice cream and chocolate. I have not wanted to skip forward as I'm enjoying listening to it in order, but I really hope that you are still doing them because I really look forward to listening, and I find it is helping me avoid my own binges. Thank you so much. Amy from Australia. Then... She sent me an email a day or two later, and listen to this, Brave Companions. Hi, Lori. I just want to let you know that I shared your podcast with a small private group of about 20 women who all have weight-slash-eating issues. They are very interested in your podcast, so hopefully you should see a small influx of subscribers from Australia soon. What do you think about that, Brave Companions? Is that synchronicity in action or what? Then she went on to give her take on the episode that she had just listened to, which was day 20. And I think that was the first time that I had to record since I started the show that I had had a major binge. So this is what Amy from Australia had to say. Today I listened to episode 20. Will you still love me when I mess up? I just wanted to say, of course, it's good to know that you can still make progress even with slip-ups. I truly believe us all-or-nothing thinkers would have more success if we could learn to have a slip-up and not turn it into a full-blown binge. There are a couple of quotes that I've collected over the years that I find helpful for this. Number one, if you got a flat tire in your car, would you get out and slash the remaining three tires? And if you were drying the dishes and dropped and broke a piece of your favorite tea set, would you then break the entire set? Sometimes thinking about these help me to let a chocolate be a chocolate and not a ton of chocolate. Progress, not perfection. Hope you're having a great day. Hear you tomorrow on my walk. Warm regards, Amy. Well, Amy, thanks for those great quotes, and I'm totally thrilled about your group. 
Okay, and I want to give your group a special hi right now. Hi, Amy's group from Down Under. Please feel free, every one of you, to stop in and share with us anytime on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com or you can use SpeakPipe. It's an application, or if you have a mic on your computer, you can use it to record your story, questions, or jokes for the show, and you can do it all for free. Come to CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and click on the link that says how to send audio, and you'll find all the ways, including how to use SpeakPipe. So welcome again, Amy's group from Down Under. Glad to meet you. I absolutely could not wait for the next segment of Foolish Fun. Okay, I just could not wait because for Foolish Fun today, we have a musical story for you that represents one of the most touching moments of my life. And it stars Brave Companion Suze and me, and we're both on the Braver Report big time for this one. So Foolish Fun, take it away, Mark. <laughs> Lori presents Foolish Fun. <laughs> the feature where messing up is just part of the act. <laughs> the other day, I was thrilled when I saw that Brave Companion Suze had sent me a speak pipe message. And then super happy when I realized it was a sample of her piano playing. I listened and I assumed that this was for foolish fun. But as the song went along, I thought I recognized it. I thought, no, that can't be. What do you think? As I said, I doubted my ability to recognize this music and I felt foolish. So I wrote this kind of cover my ass thank you email to her. Hi, Suze. I really enjoyed the piano playing you sent. Was it for me alone or did you intend it to be used as part of Foolish Fun? The melody really reminds me of the song I made up and used to sing when I was eight that I sang on episode 33. Thanks so much for sending it. I hope the start of the school year is going well and you're having some fun. Hugs. XOXO Lori. And Suze wrote back, Hi Lori, that was supposed to be the song you wrote when you were eight. Maybe I didn't remember it correctly. Haha, <laughs> I'll have to listen to episode 33 again and transcribe it. I just had it in my head the other day, so I played it on the piano and then I thought, hey, I could send this. You can do what you like with it. I don't know how clear the audio is. I just set the iPad on the piano music stand while I played it. Suzanne. See, look at that, Brave Companions. I was worried that I was mistaken, and Suze was worried that she'd gotten my song wrong. But, hey, Brave Companions, take a listen to what Suze was remembering when she sent her first version. This was out of her head. Pretty impressive that she nailed it so well. So this is a revisit of the song I sang on day 33. In fact, I'm going to sing for you right now a song that I wrote when I was eight and it was inspired by a plaque in my parents' garden. Okay, I called, here it goes. 
The wind is blowing, the sun is shining, and joy is filling the air. The grass is growing, and leaves are showing happiness everywhere. And all the children in God's earth, hand in hand, they sing. While all the little bells in heaven for happiness they ring. There's peace in the sun for God, and the song of the birds for mirth. You're closest to God's hearts in the garden than anywhere else on earth. Oh, the wind is blowing, the sun is shining, and joy is filling the air. The wind is blowing, and leaves are showing happiness everywhere. Oh, happiness everywhere. Seuss then wrote me again later and said, you know, that is a very well-conceived, sweet and singable song. You are a composer. I wrote back, the audio was great very usable. Thanks so much for sending it. It was a thrill to hear my little ditty dressed up as a real song, XOXO. And I was happy with that. I thought, cool. Suze has, you know, listened to my song in her head, and then she sent it to me, and I'm going to put on foolish fun. But my day of surprises wasn't over. Suze re-listened to day 33, the one that I just played for you, and she transcribed my entire song added her own impro improvs, and so I'm very excited to debut on Foolish Fun, my garden song, dressed up in a fun island beat by the very talented Suze. Enjoy it. of my song. If you did too, please stop by Day 81 and support Suze for her bravery and talent. Suze also sent me a straight transcription of my garden song so I can practice singing it accompanied for the very first time. And I'm working on that right now with my singing. So in a future show, I will feature my singing my own garden song to Suze playing. What a wonderful moment. What a great foolish fun. I couldn't be happier. Boy, was this great to be cheered up in this way today. And thank you from the very bottom of my heart, dear brave Suze. And now here's Mark to tell you how you can have some foolish fun too. <laughs> and if you love to be foolish too, call the Bravery Hotline. And get yours. Here we are. <laughs> Jenny 
one of the very first Brave Companions catches up with me and totally puts herself on the bravery report with her newest Brave Step, or should I say, Step Off. Jenny writes me via email. Hi, Lori. Just a quick update. I have asked my husband to remove the scale from the house for a time, I hope forever. I have realized that I had been doing so well with my binging, etc. The scale was my enemy. I have really been focused on working out and eating healthy. I had even been adding all foods back into my life, enjoying friends and socializing, and the scale was staying the same. Then I got on the scale and I realized I was so very close to my goal, and then all of a sudden everything just started going downhill. I was always finding an excuse to go out to eat, have a donut, have a cocktail. It was self-sabotage. It was almost like the number was dictating everything. I don't know how to explain it. If I meet my goal, then what's next? I am Jenny, who is always on a diet, always has food issues. If I was finally happy and successful, then what could I possibly do with myself? That is really all I have that is mine. I don't have kids. I don't have an amazing career. That was one of the reasons why I became a coach for a well-known fitness method after doing their workouts. I thought if I did something new that I could become passionate about, that it would help me maintain a healthy lifestyle and could also help people too. Win-win. It is working out so well, my only enemy is that scale. Wish me luck ditching the scale. I don't even know if what I wrote really makes sense. It's like my own bonus show, just purging without notes. I just wanted to share with you my new official non-scale victory. I am looking forward to hearing the next podcast, and I hope things are going really well for you. Jenny. Jenny, hooray! I know how hard it is to give up the scale, and I totally respect you and relate to you because, yes, I think I had that problem the last time I went to Weight Watchers and got down to my goal. It took me forever to get that last frickin' five pounds off. I don't care how much I exercise. I don't care how much I starved. I'd get on that scale and see that I was just not going to hit my goal. And then the weird thing is, is Mark and I went to my company picnic at Knott's Berry Farm, where they are famous for their fried chicken. And, you know, I was on Weight Watcher, so I don't usually eat much fried chicken and boysenberry pie, another thing that they are famous for. So Mark and I went on that weekend, and we ate chicken, and we drank beer, and we ate pie, and we walked all over the park. And I thought, well, I know I'm not going to hit my goal this week now because I ate chicken. So what? I got on my Weight Watchers meeting scale that week, and I hit my goal. I had to run out to the car and buy it and go get my gold dress on and my tiara that I promised myself that I'd wear. And you can see my Weight Watcher picture on uh, Lori's weight photos. You can see that through my weight story. But, you know, sometimes... I think that scale can just defeat us in our mind for good or for evil. When we let what that scale says determine our behavior, it can suck. Now, if you're one of the kind of people that can just see what's on the scale and kind of go, oh, that's information, that's interesting, and use it as a guideline, you know, that's okay. But for a lot of us, that scale has ruled us with an iron fist for too darn long. And sometimes even just a temporary step back can help. So Jenny, good luck with that. And please do keep us updated on your progress because we do really, really care.
our featured comments today all come from day 80, which was the last show, because I was freaked out. That's because my life support group was starting and I had a big fear that one, no one would show, and two, that I would suck. I got so many supportive comments, some of which went way beyond support and into bravely revealing their own fears and truth, and I wanted to highlight a few of them for you. Firstly, our brave musical Suze gave me encouragement and created the perfect PR for this show with this wonderful sentence. Compulsive overeating is just a symptom of something else, something dieting can't fix. Your podcast is about what actually can help, support, acceptance, safety, courage, laughter. I can't imagine any support group not going for that. Then I myself heard from the director at the YMCA at that time that at least two participants had signed up for the group. Big relief, and I posted that. And Stephanie from Quebec wrote, I'm so happy to hear that you'll have at least two participants, and man, am I very, very envious of them. You will be such a great facilitator. You are so great with words and support. I can't wait for the virtual version of this support group to open. <laughs> Stephanie. Hmm, Stephanie, that might be a cool idea to consider. Sue's also posted right away that she likes that I do that that she likes that idea too. What do you think, Brave Companions? A virtual meetup of some kind? Is that something you would like me to pursue? Then Amy from Wisconsin posts this encouragement. Yes, my original thought was that if you can just get it going, I'm sure it will grow over time. People will spread the word and people who can't make it the first time will stop in at other times. I know there is a place for this type of wonderful support group. I know you'll be a wonderful facilitator. Thanks, Amy. I'm starting to feel better about it. Then Marquita earned her spot on the Bravery Report when she shared a very touching and brave encouragement that echoes my own personal fears about the whole process. Marquita says, what Suze, Amy, and Stephanie said is so encouraging and wonderful. I agree with them wholeheartedly. I also understand your fears, Lori. I started an emotional eating support group through Meetup several years ago. I had three people sign up, two people showed up twice, and then no one showed up for the third meeting. I felt sad and rejected, I suppose, but I tried. The interest just wasn't there, or maybe it was the way I tried to facilitate. Anyway, you are so very brave to do this group at the YMCA. I wish I could join you. You are an inspiration and a wealth of support, warm fuzzies, and genuine caring. You have the ability to reach people and change people's perception about themselves through your own truth and experience. I know you will do a fantastic job. I know you are scared and doubting, and it's okay. Butterflies in your tummy is that incredible brave heart of yours reaching out to help others in need. XOXO. And I answered, Hi, Marquita. Thanks so much for this encouragement. Yes, it is a huge puzzle on how to get the folks in the chairs who may benefit, since a big part of our shared issue is the secrecy and shame. In other words, folks who are confident enough to come to the group may not need the group. However, even if just a couple show, it will help me learn what does and does not translate into live interaction. If it was possible to go around to every town of the show's brave companions, I know I would have some takers because you guys all know me and feel safe from the show. It may be that I need to earn this reputation as a safe and effective place to share these issues all over again in real life. If I can, great. If not now, I will redouble my efforts to grow this show until I have a base where it makes sense to try again. I feel in my heart that this is my path. I just don't know if this is my time. 
We'll find out together. All I can tell you is I'm glad I have the brave companions to pick me up if need be, to support me if need be, and hopefully to celebrate with me. XOXO. Then Suze put herself on the bravery report yet again by posting this amazing, heartfelt reply. Marquita, you were very brave to organize a meetup group. I think Lori is right in that part of the nature of the compulsive overeating problem is that many times people who suffer with it also struggle with depression and shame and want to withdraw, like me. Or also like me, they avoid and get stuck in a rut because they don't feel like they can approach a different way of coping with life. I can't yet picture myself eating healthfully, being happy and comfortable with that, or with a calorie deficit in order to lose weight. My underlying panic under all the positive talk that I like to hear is that at some point, I'll have to be chronically hungry and feel deprived and somehow pretend I'm okay with that. I know that would make it harder for me to go to a group where I'd feel social pressure to get on board or to appear to be losing weight, thereby proving that I'm really getting it, quote unquote, and changing my behavior. There's so much shame in that. And it takes bravery, too, to realize that it's not your responsibility to make people feel okay with coming to a group to deal with such difficult issues. Also, many people with entrenched eating disorders and a long history of trying different diets or attending diet groups still are conditioned to that mentality. Going to a group might bring up old triggers of being weighed or being the only person who didn't lose weight that week, etc. Who wouldn't rather have a bowl of macaroni and cheese instead of dealing with those feelings? I like Lori's podcast and message board because I can participate when I have time and I feel like it and I don't have to feel like I need to be adhering to some program in order to work on my thoughts and my reaction. Thanks, Suze. You are amazing and your honesty touched my heart. And I was super happy when Marquita posted this P.S. to her original message. P.S. I was feeling down today, and by reading comments and things on your website, Lori, it turned my whole mood around. Simply amazing. I also read the article entitled Fear of Failure that you have a link to, and wow, that really spoke to me. It turned my perception of failure completely around. Thank you for that. The Fear of Failure article was the resource of the day I posted on day 80. Resource of the day is found at the end of show notes right before any comments. And this one is a truly great article, and I encourage you all to go take a look at it. To wrap up my day 80 highlights, I just wanted to share some comments that sum up what I hope to accomplish with this show, my blog, and my live interactions. New Brave Companion Rachel, who is still catching up on the episode, posts this. Hi there. Haven't listened to this one yet because I'm still catching up, but I want to let you know that because of you, I went swimming this morning, decided to make the most of my gym membership because it is a lot to spend and not use. So I managed to get up reasonably early and go, yippee! I am an exercise buddy to a very good friend who texts me most days after she has completed her workouts, and now I have someone who can help me. She thinks of me saying, JFDI, just effing do it in a kind and supportive manner, and it spurs her on. I know you don't always go when you don't feel like it, but if I don't, then it may last much longer. I feel all energized and how my mood is lifted afterwards. Thanks, X. Then Amy from Wisconsin replies to Rachel. Way to go, Rachel. I just joined a gym with a pool so that I can go swimming. We can be virtual swim buddies. So there you have it, brave companions. Support, virtual swim buddies, bravery report all over the place. And I want you to remember, if I don't mention your name and you did or said something brave 
It's me being busy or forgetful, and you can put yourself on your own bravery report. I do it all of the time. The bravery report is just one of the ways I encourage myself and try to encourage you. All it takes is to follow through with bravery, telling the truth even to ourselves, taking action towards something we want to do even if we're scared, admitting when we screw the heck up without excuses. I know when I deserve being on the bravery report, and I bet you know when you deserve it too. When you deserve to be on a bravery report, you say to yourself, I'm putting myself on the bravery report. That was an awesome, brave thing I just did. So until next time, when I'll let you know how my first group went, fill up on bravery in your own way, brave companions. And until then, take care, because I really, 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 really care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Just inside my skin